Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Priya Rao, Executive Editor at Glossy. And today's guest is Kendra Cole-Butler, the founder and CEO of Alpine Beauty. Welcome, Kendra. Thank you so much for having me. So Kendra, you know, I feel like we've gotten to know each other quite well throughout the pandemic, which is funny because we're millions of miles away. But I'd love to talk a little bit about before though, for those of you out there who may not know Alpine Beauty, like what the nexus was for when you started this brand. Cause it was kind of like a far flung idea. You had left the beauty industry here in New York for all intensive purposes and you were living out West. Yes. Um, no intentions of starting the brand. Um, I think, you know, necessity is the mother of invention or so they say. And that's how it happened um, for me personally. So you're right. I'm a New Yorker at heart. I was in New York for my entire beauty career, you know, up until about 2015. And we just decided, my husband and I, that we needed a timeout. You know, we wanted to press the reset button on life, get some fresh air, and we just did it. I mean, we packed up the car, we moved out west, and we landed in a beautiful place called Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Um, That's where I'm speaking to you from today. So Kendra, you know, tell us a little bit about your prior beauty experience, because I think for so many people, like this is so inspirational. You, you're living in, in Jackson Hole, you're inspired by wildcrafted ingredients, which is what Alpine Beauty is about. But what was your take on where beauty was prior and what were you doing in, in the beauty business before founding your own brand? Um, good question. Um, like, like many, I have been obsessed with beauty from a very young age, you know, can't cook, can't like clean, can't sew, but I can work my way <laughs> around a beauty cosmetic store. I just like, I've always known what to do with makeup. I am obsessed with the science and technology behind skincare. And, you know, prior to leaving New York, I had worked for some very big brands, um, Cody, Clarins, Givenchy, Dr. Dennis Gross. And I felt that I just needed a break. Um, so I moved out west to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And I lasted about seven days here before I started to get the beauty itch. And I just missed skincare and I missed talking to women about their skin and their problems. So I opened two local beauty apothecaries in Jackson Hole. Um, there was no, there's nothing in the town. There was no place to shop for beauty. Everything was online. And I thought, you know, there's so many women here who have, um, a need and a want to discover. So I opened my own stores. Um, we were up to 36 lines. We carried a mixture of cosmetics and skincare and everything that I was using personally, um, I brought into the stores. And I spent a lot of time you know, in those stores in- initially consulting with the clients. And I quickly realized that women in this new community that I lived in we're suffering um, for some, from some pretty accelerated aging patterns, um, which was largely in part due to the climate that we live in. Um, in elevation, we're at 6,200 feet. There's little humidity in the air. Um, we're very, very close to the sun. So there was lots of hyperpigmentation and dark spots, and everybody's outside all the time. Um, everyone's skin was just dry. And women were coming into the stores like, help me, like, what 
can I do for my skin? So I'm so excited. I'm like selling all these brands that are amazing brands um, that I had loved and used for years. And, you know, within a week or two, I started to notice a trend that they would come back in with the product they purchased and they would say, what else do you have in these stores? Like, this isn't working for my skin, Kendra. Like, I'm still just so dry living here. Um, so that was a moment for me where I didn't really know what to do. I mean, I was selling the best brands in skincare, the best cosmetic lines, and I didn't have anything else to offer. And I was sitting in my backyard one summer. It was the summer of 2017, and I was just looking at the National Forest. I don't know if you've ever been to Jackson Hole, but we are surrounded by the most incredible landscape. And I was looking at, literally in my backyard, these plants. And I'm pondering this like question, like I'm gonna go out of business in these stores. What am I gonna do? I don't have anything else to offer. And as I'm thinking about this, I'm looking at the plants that are growing in the wild and they are so like plump and juicy and hydrated and like full of nutrients. And I'm thinking, what is growing here and how has nature found a way to adapt to this climate that is wreaking havoc on this community's skin. You know, what is, like, how can I put these two things together? And, you know, that's how the whole idea for the brand started. Kendra, this sounds like, I mean, you almost can't make this up. This is like a perfect, you know, series for Netflix or you, as a perfect like movie you'd see <laughs> on TV. But I'm wondering, Kendra, like, what was your position? Because, I mean, you ran, you know, sales and marketing and PR at some of these companies that you mentioned a second ago. And, you know, what was your position on clean and plant-based and natural, which was definitely trending in the overall beauty landscape. But at the same time, a lot of people have been really reticent to wonder, does this stuff work? And here you are, like, this is the genesis of that idea of Alpine. Um, that's exactly it. I mean, that, that you hit on a really good point because up until that up up until that time, I you know came from a dermatology brand, and I was okay, you know, with using all different types of ingredients. And I, you know, I kind of thought back in that time that clean wouldn't work as well for me as clinical. And I was, you know, in this place where I just wanted results and I wanted them where I could get them. Um, so I started to learn more about these plants and it, it wasn't the irony that, that I was living in a community of women suffering for skin where skincare ingredients were growing wild all around these women. I thought like, this is the craziest thing. How can I put these two together? And when I learned about wild crafting and we started harvesting these wild plants and I put them into a formula, applied it to my skin, started giving them out, you know, these little sample jars. Melt Moisturizer was our first product. I started giving it out to all the women in the community. That was a moment for me because we were really seeing the results and the benefits that these wild plants had on the skin. And that's when my whole frame of mind changed. I thought if I can use something from nature that's sustainably harvest, that's good for me, and my skin not only looks the same, but better than it did before, why wouldn't I make that leap? And why wouldn't I make that jump? You know, Kendra, I remember talking to Priya at Sephora, and she mentioned to me that, you know, in very much the same way that Tatcha became like this origin story about Japan and the ritual and all of that, you are that 
you know, for Jackson Hole, you are that for the Wild West in America. And, you know, kind of have that same kind of storytelling parallel. I'm wondering, like, when you knew you had a brand that was like sellable to not just the women in Jackson Hole, but to women all over the country, all over the world? Uh, that's a really, really good question. And that was so nice of Priya to say that. Um, you know, I, I tested the concept locally first. So I thought, you know, I'm dealing with some of the women who have very problematic skin. I see them every single day. They're shopping in the stores. If I can make them happy, what is this going to do at sea level? Like, how is it going to perform in New York and Los Angeles and Miami and places where they don't have um, the climate that we have to deal with? So testing it here locally was my first test. Um, so after that, you know, I decided to send some samples out to some retailers. Um, I was introduced to Annie Jackson, who's the co-founder of Credo. Um, she, you know, was like, fly out. Like, I want to meet with you. I want to see the product. I want to see the brand. And that was, um, that and, and Goop were the first two retail relationships, um, that I forged with these samples. And I think it's, again, it's just like, it's, it's the results that you see, you know, that, that was, was the permission to believe, you know, in the fact that nature is healing and, Something that grows in the wild has has a just different properties, you know, than something that is man-made. And I think we all could learn from that. How have you like been able to foster this incredible growth and rise, you know, as an indie brand, right? But also in this really challenging year, what has that been like for you in 2020? Oh my gosh. I think that we all um, just probably want to forget about 2020. But I, I have to say, I mean, we managed to to grow our business by 115% um, in a pandemic year, which I have to look back on and, you know, be pretty proud. I, I'm very proud of that, that fact. You know, it's not easy to do. I think that, you know, COVID has forced a lot of us to focus on healthcare and self-care and skincare is healthcare in my opinion. So I'm not the only skincare company um, that probably most likely saw surge during COVID. You know, the customer is, we're, we're at home, you know, she's, she's on Zoom calls all day. She's, you know, looking at herself. <laughs> I mean, when have we ever just sat and looked at ourselves talk all day long? I mean, you're literally looking in a mirror from sun up to sun down, you want to feel good, you know, about the way that you look. And, you know, I think that's that's definitely been helpful. Um, but it's not just COVID related. You know, I just think it's secular growth in general with the brand. And I think that she, meaning the consumer, is, is interested in nature and sustainability and finding medicine, you know, that works for her skin from a company that also aligns with her beliefs and values, you know, and I think that that's contributed to the growth as well. Kendra, you know, I think obviously Credo and Goop are such huge stamps of approval, but you also have major relationships with Sephora, um, which you inked last year. Well, the year before last now at this point, 2019, we're in 2021 now. Yes. Um, and also QVC. Will you talk about like what those have been like, those relationships have been like, because they're so much bigger in this pandemic year. Um, well, I can speak to both of those. Um, first of all, I just want to say that we have the distribution portfolio like of my dreams. If you would have told me years ago, you know, that we would have been able to partner and forge these partnerships with some of these retailers, I would have been incredulous um, just because they are um, – it's it's been a, a partnership and 
made in heaven, you know, with all of them. So starting with Sephora, um, Sephora has been instrumental in helping us to tell our story and grow a brand. And, you know, they say that anybody can start a brand, but growing it is the real challenge. And I think when you partner with a retailer, QVC, same thing, you know, it's, it's a push and it's an effort on both sides, you know, like the retailer cannot do it alone. The brand has to be out there with strong messaging, marketing, you know, imagery and and storytelling to engage the consumer. And then most important, formulas that work, you know. So I think that it's been, um, while our partnerships are extremely valuable to us and important, uh, we both work really hard at it. You know, growing a brand is takes a lot of time and a lot of work. Will you talk a little bit about the digital shift? Because I know with Sephora specifically, you were one of the brands on Instagram shop. You know, you're you're on live streams with them. You know, you're doing you know, all of the things. And I think, you know, maybe a year and a half ago, we couldn't have anticipated how much digital would be such a big part of the beauty business. And now, you know, it's table stakes, you know, have to really be able to play in all, you know, it's kind of like QVC, we're on 24 seven, except in all channels. So will you talk a little bit about that? I think the shift to digital has really given the consumer the ability to research and learn more about her brands. I mean, think about your in-store experience. And I'm a lover of stores. Like, don't get me wrong. I've shopped in beauty stores my whole life. But when you are, when you're shopping, you're missing that textural. So you're missing the touch, the feel, the smell that you get in stores. But when you're shopping online, you have the ability to find so much more information. It's it's immediately at your fingertips. So you are just, you get into this funnel of just like this information overload and processing. And there's a deeper understanding of what you're buying, I think, when you're shopping online. And I think that that's helped in skincare a lot because ingredients are important. Um, Sourcing is important. Like where are the ingredients coming from? Like that's one of our pillars is the whole wild crafted plants. That's the the backbone and, and of our whole entire company. And then results, you know, making sure that you see those results. But I think that the digital shift has been great for brands that have a story to tell. You know, and that's that's why I think that we've seen that growth because we do have a story to tell and we do have a point of difference, you know, that that stands out. Can you talk a little bit about kind of what's working? Like what is she she or he engaged with with you all online? Like is it, you know, is it the stories? Is it the product posts? Is it, you know, just the new launches? I know your peel, your I'm messing up the name, the Huckleberry Peel. Yes, the Wild uh, Huckleberry. <laughs> that that sold out like four different times during yes. the midst of a pandemic. So I'm wondering like what is catching her attention, especially for new customers? That's a great question. So I think I think it's the the I think it's about nature, Priya. I think it all goes back to nature. I think nature is a regulator for all of us. I think that we are surrounded um, by medicine in nature, and I think that in skincare in particular, it's about discovery. So we as a brand, like we want to take our hand and we want to say, come with us. Like we're going to take you deep into the forest, the meadows, the valleys of Jackson Hole. I want to show you what's growing. I want to show you how we harvest these plants sustainably. And then I'm going to show you what they could do when you put them on your skin. And we're using new actives, you know, that people haven't used in skincare before. And I think that that is 
what's exciting. You know, I have 1,000 species of wild plants like just growing in my backyard. And some of those have never been put into a jar or a serum or, or a pump. So it's it's that discovery and it's pushing those boundaries of innovation. So yes, of course, we're using squalane and vitamin C and ceramides and all of that great stuff. Um, but it's finding those new actives that grow in the wild that she doesn't have access to already and exploring them with her together. How would you describe your customer? Is she, you know, someone who is a skincare junkie already? Is she someone new to skincare? How is she being sliced and diced by you guys? Like, how do you view her? She is, um, we use the words city chic, mountain minded. So that's really who she is. Like she loves nature. She would love to like take a long hike with her dog or maybe fly fish or do something fun outside during the day. But at night she wants to put on her high heels and her red lipstick. Like she enjoys like that luxury. You know, she wants innovation. She wants high quality, but she also wants to feel that connection um, to the planet and to fresh air and to wild animals and to mountains. And it's that like beautiful juxtaposition of like, like this like wilderness combined with luxury and, and marrying that together. And, and there she is like right in the middle. What about in terms of age or, you know, I know we talked a lot about, about New York and obviously LA and Jackson Hole, but what about these kind of other smaller second tier cities? And, and, you know, you know, we're seeing beauty enthusiasts be younger and younger these days, you know, we just have to look at TikTok. So I'm just wondering about that. It's funny. Um, it's it's it's. I know that you know a lot of brand founders will say this, but we really are all ages. Like our demographics are showing eighteen to sixty five, and then in some retailers, I have an eighty nine year old customer because I'll read reviews and she'll say I'm eighty nine, and this is the first moisturizer that's ever worked for me. So it really um, it's it's multi generational. You know what we're doing is. Like I said, it's just a return to nature and it's bringing her outside and exploring new ingredients. And whether you're 13 years old or 93 years old, um, everybody just wants to see those results and, and know what they're putting on their skin and where it's coming from. So we have all ages. I think it differs by retailer for sure. And then our site, you know, our demographics really are, are showing heavy, um, you know, 18 to 65, kind of just... Even I, I know it's hard to people want me to pinpoint. They're like, what age is she? Like it's 18 to 24, 25 to 36. I'm like, no, it's it's everywhere. We're seeing it. When you think about distribution, you know, you said mentioned a second ago, you know, maybe the 89 year old shopper isn't the same one shopping at, you know, Sephora or, you know, an 18 year old might be shopping at Sephora or an 89 year old might be shopping at Saks. You know, I'm wondering, like, you know, you do have such a wide base here in the U.S. Like, what are you thinking about, you know, for international? Is that on your radar? Are you thinking about bigger partners and more? It is. Um, we are starting the process for international distribution this year. Um, so we're going through that regulatory. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you have to do to get in line to launch internationally. But that is in our immediate future, for sure. And is there any, you know, without telling us all your secrets, Kendra, you know, what about like regions? I mean, I can imagine you in a cult beauty. I can imagine you in so many amazing stores that we've seen, you know, pop up in these key markets. Is there any market that you're eyeing particularly? A hundred percent. We love cult. Um, Asia is a big goal for us because I think there's a lot of opportunity there for sure. 
Uh, but international in general is something that we haven't even tapped into yet. So that's what we're really excited about, you know, for 2021. So Kendra, what about existing partners? Because, you know, I think in, you know, maybe five years ago, even three years ago, it was all about exclusives at different partners or, you know, different events at different, you know, retailers or different stores, like trying to make everything like special and slice and dice per retailer per store. And, you know, now that's much more difficult to do in that it's all digital. How are you navigating all of that? We have very, very good relationships with all of our partners, and I think communication is the key. You know, we are always on the phone talking about what we can do special with them, how can we engage and excite their audience in a different way. Um, We have sampling programs. We do master classes. We do online. I mean, all sorts of activations um, specific to each retailer, and it's really about understanding, you know, the retailer's needs and what they need from the brand and then coming to the table with exciting ideas, great imagery, great visuals, um, what you can do to really engage you know, their audience. And that's something that we work on really, really hard. Kendra, will you tell people how large your team is? Because I always find it fascinating because I think you are such a one woman band. And, you know, I think that for everything that you're doing, you know, it's a lean operation. I think people would be really surprised by that. Oh my gosh, Priya, like I cannot believe everything that we've accomplished. Um, Right now we're under 10, under 10 full-time employees. Um, That is another goal of mine for 2021 is to add new team members. You know, people grow the brand. Like you you have to bring people into the room, sit them around the table, the right people, you know, with the right visions. And that's how a brand, you know, really scales and grows. So that's a big focus for us in 2021 is bringing more people on board to, you know, spread the mission and, you know, talk to and engage our our audience and about what we're doing and, you know, why this wild crafting process is um, so interesting and, and, and special and that she should learn more about it. What areas do you feel like you want to fill out a little bit more? Oh my gosh, every single area. I mean, I, you could, I could talk all day. Um, I think online is really important. Um, social media, it's like I, we have so many people engaging with us right now. Like, and we're we're still only two years old, so we're still growing, and and we're a small brand. But I mean, being responsive to that consumer when she pops into your DM, when she's you know asking questions, when she's on the site, like looking at the the areas that she's researching, and you know, I think online digital marketing is something that. That we definitely need um, more of uh, and to beef up even more. So we're hiring. If anyone <laughs> send, let me know if you have any ideas. You know, this is so funny. People always say this on this podcast and you'll be surprised to hear how many people actually reach out. <laughs> so <laughs> tell us, Kendra. <laughs> actually, Kendra, I, you know, that's another thing, you know, you bring up, you're only two years old. I think people would expect that you are an older brand just because of the amount of brand recognition that you're out there. But, you know, you're still you know, you still own the brand. You haven't taken on funding. You haven't, you know, partnered with a VC yet or a private equity firm. What I imagine those, you know, conversations are happening or people are inquiring. What would it take for you to, you know, find a partner? Well, we have taken on funding. Um, Just to clarify, uh, my business partner and I are very, uh, it's been angels, angels investors up until this point, but we are, you know, trying to scale a global multi-category brand and you need funding to do that. And 
we are, you know, fully aware of that. So, you know, as that continues, as we continue to scale and grow, what that looks like in our future, I'm not sure. Um, but we do recognize the importance of being well-funded because that's how you engage, you know, like it costs you, you have to invest in business to grow it. Um, so that's something that's been a big focus for us, you know, up until this point, and it will continue to be so in the future for sure. When you say multi-category, Kendra, you know, what can you share there? Because, you know, obviously skincare is such uh, a hot category right now. The segment is on fire still. It's like the saving grace of beauty, but you know, everything's cyclical. So how are you thinking about this and planning for the future? Uh, we have very, very big plans for this brand. Um, like I told you alone, I have a thousand species of plants just growing in my backyard that haven't even been introduced to the consumer yet. So um, I guess you'll just have to wait and see and time will tell. But right now we're taking one step at a time. Um, we're focused on fostering and growing our existing retail relationships. That's really important to us. Um, product is king. Innovation in launches is so important. And, you know, next year we have triple the amount of launches um, planned than we did this year. Um, I won't launch something unless it like blows my hair back. Like it has to be to the point where I put it on my skin and I'm like, wow, there is nothing like this. I have not felt or seen these results before. And, you know, that is something that takes a while. You know, I mean, you go through back and forth several times to perfect something and we have we won't launch it unless it's perfect so more launches um, international distribution like I said and then just growing the team you know bringing new people in to help us you know spread the love and and talk about you know the amazing properties and benefits of these wild plants Kendra, how are you approaching launches? Because I know like during this last year, people were really kind of reticent, you know, they pushed back launches, fall launches became spring launches, spring launches became fall launches. I mean, it seems like we're in this kind of like strange cycle and yes. people were really afraid of, you know, saying they were launching a product. And yet here you are living, like living proof that like it can work and it can resonate with the customer. So I'm wondering like, how are you approaching it? Like, you know, because so many of the retailers want newness. You obviously want to create newness for your customer, but like you said, you want it to be golden. Uh, we're not holding back at all. I have launches planned already um, through 2022. Um, I, I just, I have so many things and so many ideas um, with some of the new and actives that we've been playing with and we discovered our season is from July to September. So that's when we are harvesting. That's when we're finding these new plants. That's when we're exploring. And then after we harvest, then we begin the formulation process. Um, but at this point, we have launches planned through 2022. Too, and I just want to get them out as fast as possible. And the team is like, hold on, like pull back. Like we have to have cadence. It, I mean, it takes a lot of time and resources to launch a product correctly. Um, so they're kind of holding me back, but I'm chomping at the bit with ideas and formulas and textures um, that I just, I can't wait to get out into the market. Last question for you, Kendra. You know, I think it's so interesting given your background and, you know, given your history at these big brands and sales and marketing and PR, I think you have so much, you have something that maybe other founders don't 
necessarily have when they're starting a brand. Do you think that maybe better prepared you, you know, for this moment, for this, for this kind of awakening of Kendra as a founder, as a CEO, because of course you're doing live streams and content and all of this, but you have the acumen that, you know, a lot of people, you're, you're marrying the creative with the business side of things. And I'm just wondering how that, how that all plays out. Thank you for saying that. Like, sometimes I feel like a big old hot mess. I mean, it's just, it's so much work, Priya. It's crazy. I think, you know, the difference for me is I did come into this eyes wide open. You know, I had been in the beauty industry for 20 years. I worked on growing brands from very nascent small brands into big global brands. And I I know the work that goes behind it. And um, again, I had no intention of doing this. In fact, I wanted to like get away from it. Like I just wanted to move out West. I was like, I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to make babies. I'm going to chill out and I'm just going to take it easy. And there is just this itch inside of me. It's like I am constantly seeking uh, skincare. Like I just want beauty products around me at all times. And I tried to put out that flame and just like, (laughs) but I couldn't. And it, it came back. And I mean, but that is a good question. I came into this knowing how hard it is. And I, you know, I, I've had, you know, I'm still surprised every day. I'm like, wow, did see that thing coming? <laughs> or, I mean, we all have those moments, you know, in our career and in our life. But I think that if you are passionate about something, like if you love it, it just continues to find you um, no matter how far away from it you try to get. And, you know, that happened to me as I just had this, you know, feeling about about these plants. And when I started touching them and testing them and using them, I thought, how can I not share this with other people? Like there is magic here. There is something special going on. And, you know, it's it's been a delight and it's been an adventure. And, you know, <laughs> every I have those moments like all of us do where I'm just like, what have I gotten myself into here? Uh, but at the end of the day, I feel really good about what we're doing as a brand. And I feel really good about what we're delivering, you know, to the skincare industry. And that's what drives me. Yeah. You know, I think it's funny because we talked to a lot of first time founders on the show and, you know, and overall in Glossy and, you know, we hear the highs, the lows, we hear it all. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, you, in a way you, obviously you are a first time founder, but you have so much experience that I think lends itself to why Alpine has like come out of the gate so strong. And I think that's why you've become a brand so many people are watching. Thank you so much. It's, I would love to take the credit for it. That's very nice of you to say. It's it's honestly the plants. It's not me. You know, a- anybody who found these plants would have been able to do the same thing because they are unbelievable, um, the way that they survive and they grow in this climate. I mean, I'm looking outside right now at 20 feet of snow and they're under there. Like they're waiting to pop their heads out this July and they're able to push through, you know, all of these conditions. And there's wild animals nibbling on them. The sun is baking them and they have these properties that translate to the skin. They have this survival mechanism. It's like the Olympians of plants, you know, is what we call them. So I would like to say like, oh yeah, it's me. But if I hadn't found them, I wouldn't be doing this, if, if that makes sense. Thank you so much, Kendra. That's such a good way to end this. It was so great seeing you and we're excited for everything that you have in store for us in 2021. Thank you for all of your support. I love being here. Keep up the great work. I listen to every single podcast. 
at night before I go to bed and it's just gives me the best dreams ever. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Tune in next week for another episode. And of course, that means if you haven't subscribed, please hit that button.